Welcome to another edition of Let Me Tell You Something. 2018 was quite an annus mirabilis for the world of wrestling, but we're finally in the home straight. We're at that point where marathon runners somehow manage to run even faster as we get down to the final lineup of what versus what my Let Me Tell You Something co-host Simon Cross. Uh, we are reviewing the Golden Lovers taking on chaos team of Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. It's Stone Pitbull time, baby! As I said before, this is the one and only nobody they'd rather be match that involves Kazuchika Okada in five-star action that does not have him in singles action. Now, when we were talking about is Okada ultimately going to go down as maybe the greatest wrestler of all time, he will probably, you know, touch wood... Uh, barring injuries and what have you, surpass the All Japan trio of Kawada, Masawa, and K- uh, Kabashi uh, for number of five-star matches. He's already exceeded all of them on the singles front, but Masawa managed to have ten tag team matches that got five stars, six six-man tag team matches that got five stars. Kabashi had eight tag team matches and six six-man tag team matches and Kawada had nine tag team matches and seven six-man tag matches that got five stars so does the fact that this is the one and only time Okada's got five star maybe suggest that he doesn't have um, the versatility that Masawa Kabashi and Kawada may have had because Ooh. essentially in all Japan at that time not only are you headlining the singles division but you are headlining the tag team division Uh, You're going to be fighting for the tag team titles. You're going to be fighting at the end of the Real World Tag League. Whereas for Okada, that's never been the case. I don't believe he's challenged for the IWGP tag team titles once. I did make a prediction that this year he would challenge for those titles with Tanahashi, which hasn't come true yet. Um, But do you get where I'm coming from with that question, Simon? Um, Yeah, I do get you coming from the question. Um, I think it's uh, a bit of a... circumstances of booking really isn't it like new japan doesn't uh sew the tag team title into the main event the way that all japan did um never had an amazing record with the tag team titles maybe the only team that were truly greats within the tag team division were tenkozi or tenkoji which was hiroshi tenzan and satoshi kojima um they're probably just as known for their run as a tag team as they are in singles where they both held IWGP heavyweight titles and Satoshi Kojima is the only man to hold the IWGP heavyweights and tag team uh, and triple crown at the same time. Uh, we have said both Kijimuto and the Great Muta managed to hold those separately at the same time, but it doesn't quite count. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not quite the same. Man. But yeah, there's less importance. Like when when these guys are put into tag team matches, they're usually not expected to actually. It's, it's a way of them reserving their energy for the big matches, the big singles matches throughout yeah. the year, uh, especially like the G1 Climax time and Dominion and Wrestle Kingdom and what have you. But what is intriguing about this match as well is that this this is also a New Japan in America. They're, it's another one of their um, shows they do in America. 
in a relatively small crowd, not not full capacity. We see some empty yellow seats uh, in the in the bleachers stand, yep. but it's still a, um, a large and excited crowd. I think they're very excited for the fact they're going to see, even if only in brief snippets, Okada and Omega face off with one another. Um, but also that, so what this match feels to me was almost like New Japan's equivalent to the Super Bowl halftime show. Where they do the big hits, but with snippets, uh, yeah, versions. Yeah, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from there. This is very much a um, big classic spots to big classic spots to big classic spots, and there's not, there is a story, but it's not a very strong one. I would say. Well, yeah, these no. guys are usually wrestling each other in thirty minute matches in singles competition. But yeah. in this one, they go 23 minutes in a tag team. So if you divide it by four, that means each combination would, you know, would to make it all fair, only be going at each other for, what, six minutes each? So that's yeah. one-tenth of an Okada Omega match, basically. So as a result, you're, they do have to be very condensed. And do you think they work well with the time they're given, or do you I think, do, it, as I you do, say, yeah, I do. I think they give the fans exactly what they wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, this is also, it should be noted, the last time that Omega and Okada have been in the ring together in a match at time of recording, obviously. Uh, and we would assume for at least a decent length of time until in the future as well. Who obviously, knows what the future holds? But they don't know that at this point, and it's very much teasing a future. Collision between. Well, at the time, their plan would have been for them to face each other at Madison Square Garden in April. Yeah. For Okada to win the title back. Um, like I said, this is still Coke binge Okada we're dealing with. Uh, he doesn't bother with the full jacket like he did for the um, the uh, Tanahashi, Tanahashi match. match. He's back to the Sex Pistols shirt and the balloons, handing a, a smiley face balloon to JR, a man who literally cannot make that face himself. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, you're right, but <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, sorry. Mm. Well, neither was JR. <laughs> That's my fault mm. for setting you up. Ah, right. But yeah, like I say, it's 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 basically a rushed version of everything. It's a rushed version of a Tomohiro Ishii facing off against uh, Omega and Ibushi wanting to do strike exchanges. And they do do really cool versions of that, especially there's one moment towards the end when... Um, Ishii and Ibushi seems to get increasingly angry and incredulous at one another. And then just the slaps start raining down. Uh, that, they go at that for quite a while as well. Like, neither man wants to give any quarter. Um, Ibushi's kicks in this match seem to have an extra crispness to them as well. Mm. Uh, the sounds that some of them make against Ishii's head. It, it, I love Ishii. I just do. He's just... A man who you can just hit, and he can hit you for hours, and it's entertaining. Mm. And again, the cool thing, like I said with this year, is that it's not that he's no-selling it, it's that he's delaying the sell. So Omega's hitting him with loads of strikes, and and Ishii knocks him down with one. But then as soon as Omega's down, that is when he sells the effect of what Omega had been doing to him. Yeah, that's sort of when he can have the moment to go, oh, that did hurt a bit, actually. Like, oh, give, give me a split second. It's it's great as well because you see sometimes Omega does this a bit and um, a bit Abushi actually a little bit as well. Sometimes like they go so fast into like 
like sequences that stuff doesn't really register until the last thing happens. Whereas with Ishii, everything sort of registers because as soon as he's hit it, he's sort of dealing with being hit. Mm. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a great way of pacing. Like, as a result, like they have, they're fast, but yet the pacing doesn't seem sped up. Ishii yeah. matches, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But they're racing through it in this match. Like, V-triggers that will be held off until the 30-minute mark or getting dodged are hitting first time. Like, there's a moment when he hits that V-trigger against the crawling uh, um, Okada in the ropes. Like, within, within, well, within 20 minutes of the match. Whereas, that's what ends the 69, the 64-minute uh, <laughs> title match that they'd had a couple of months beforehand. Yeah. You know, and I'm not. This isn't a complaint. This isn't a criticism. It's just this is what they're do, they're doing a condensed version of what they usually do for this crowd for this time that they have, uh, and they're not trying to give away the farm because they want to do more. They want to give us more Okada Omega in the future. It's it's very reminiscent of the interactions that Masawa and Saruta had in their six man tag matches, and to a lesser extent Masawa and Kawada when they would be in tag matches because they would probably face off a bit more than this one but you know yeah well that and they they would have so many more iterations so you couldn't hold off yeah as much Although, interestingly i was just looking at it and it's not like if we go from the wrestle kingdom match itself then between march and and april they have about a, just over a dozen and a half tag team matches where they're on opposite sides of the ring you know, six-man tags and eight-man tags and what have you. Mm. Bullet Club against Chaos. Then they have the Dominion match. Then there's one tag team match in um, uh, the, 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 the build that is the tradition the day before they face each other in the G1 Climax. They'll have a tag team match against each other. And that was Okada and Yano against Omega and uh, Yujiro. Um, that match only goes six minutes. <laughs> so there was literally only one match between their second and third match, and then there was also again only one tag team match between their third and fourth match. So they really were making Okada Omega a very special, rare attraction. Attraction at this point, that it's like yeah. they know that well, that's what the people go crazy for. And when they're in the ring together, the crowd does lose their minds. They they tease it. They tease it throughout it. It's not like your traditional. Everyone squares off against everyone fairly early on in the tag team match. They don't. They don't face each other really at all until Ibushi and Ishii have been knocked out of the match essentially for a brief yeah. period. Yeah, well, that's what I like about New Japan. And they milk um, it. They do like Hogan Rock at WrestleMania 18, looking out into the crowd and everything. Yeah, they they know to, that less is more. That and they don't have obviously the the. Um, problems that having a weekly television show yeah. uh, can bring on but yeah. as a result that their model allows them to do this mm. so why wouldn't you I think the key as well in this match is that whilst there, I don't think there's as intricate there's definitely nowhere near as intricate tag team moves uh, compared to the Young Bucks match like Okada and Ishii know each other well but they're not a well oiled tag team themselves with the series of moves they do do occasional whips into the corner and setting one up for another move but that's not mm. You know, whilst, you know, Ibushi and Omega have their trademarks from their DDT Golden Lovers days, like the both doing the leapfrog, Ibushi kicks in the stomach, that 
um, like uh, I think Omega hits one thing, Ibushi hits a second, then uh, Omega finishes it with the Kataro Crusher. Yeah, but it's not to say they don't have chemistry though. They seem yeah, like yeah, to yeah. be able to cover each other's backs pretty well, and they yeah. seem very assured teaming with each other. Yeah, of course. Well, they're yeah. they're one and two in the in the group now. Um, yeah, and it's it's and then we see the the Golden Drag Golden Lovers manage to do their you know run across. Uh, I can't remember what they called it, actually. Cross-slash. Cross-slash. It's them doing Ibushi's golden triangle move um, in synchronicity. Uh, Omega onto Okada and Ibushi onto uh, Ishii, which hadn't quite worked in the Young Bucks match, but they did manage to do it this time. And the camera was perfectly placed as well, that you can see the synchronicity in their movements, timing and everything. So what, they love yelling out the names of their moves, don't they? Yes, they do. It's a very Omega thing that Ibushi seems to have picked up. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen the original iteration of the Golden Lovers, so I don't know if they were doing it back then. But uh, it, it's it's all well and good, but it, it's it's a little bit cheesy if you do it all for like four different moves. If you do it for one, okay, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just like being a bit too curmudgeonly. Um, yeah, there's not much more I really want to say about this match. Like I said, it's just the greatest hits, really. Yeah. Uh, cut-offs, a little bit of work in the corner. It's, it's going to be an, it's an interesting one to cross-compare against our next match, actually. Um, I, I think it's just they, they were there, you know, blow the roof off in 25 minutes. And for that crowd, they did. And for Dave Meltzer, he did, giving it five stars. I wouldn't go there. Um... I don't no I don't, I don't, no it didn't feel like a five star because it didn't feel like you say an epic story it was like yeah. uh, not an exhibition but definitely a um, like I said just a, a a brief summation essentially it's nothing compared to like I said the epic stories that are being told in in tag matches involving the four pillars or anything like that yeah I mean well those guys nailed utterly nailed and um, also because those matches are given more importance than this well, is yeah. being given. All Japan sort of... Because they aren't also wrestling for the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles or anything like that at the same yeah. time. Yeah, no, All Japan did, as we've talked about in this episode, they sewed, they sewed their divisions together, whereas New yeah. Japan doesn't. Uh, I'm not giving this five stars either. It's incredibly good fun. And if I wanted to show a lot of New yeah. Japan characters to a non-New Japan yeah, person yeah. quickly. It's a great match to do it that. It would be a good introduction actually to all four of those guys really to uh, someone who hasn't watched a lot of New Japan instead of saying here watch this 45 minute Okada Omega match and they only get longer from here. You know <laughs> starting them off with yeah. you know, a, a greatest hits like I said. Um, yeah. Like Alan Partridge's favourite Beatles album The Best of the Beatles. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I love Alan Partridge. <sighs> One little complaint I do have about the match is the finish is very sudden. It, like, I feel they could have built it a little bit more. Uh, but that's me, like, possibly being a bit nitpicky. Because when you look at what this match obviously was designed to be and what they executed it as, mm. they achieved that. But... If I'm splitting hairs, I think the finish could have been built up to just a bit more. Well, I think you're used to those New Japan epics of resilience, kicking out and everything. And I don't think anyone, most of the time, people are, like, not kicking out of stuff. Their partner's saving them. Yeah. So, um, 
with this one, it, you know, it is, and you kind of know that it's going to be Ishii that takes the fall, as is often the case with the New Japan match. Yeah, uh, tag match. You know who's the sacrificial lamb. There is that sort of sense. You're right there, which because Ishii had recently lost his title shot to Omega uh, a couple of weeks before this. Uh, you don't get rid of. You don't have Okada take the pin. Um, Ibushi, I think, was being set up for a never open weight title match at that point, and Omega's the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. So, what are you going to do? Process elimination, isn't yeah, it? Sadly, yeah. Uh, but that's not a complaint, really. Um, no. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add at this point, Simon, or shall we start giving people uh, what our next match is? Our final match of 2018, uh, except for the bloody hell, where we give our there is an end. Team. There is an end. Yes. Uh, no, no, I have nothing uh, further to add. Just one little thing that I would just like to really re-emphasise. Um, oh, I've got one actually to ask you, but go on, sorry. For those people who are wondering what is the match I would show to someone to go, this is like this is such and such in New Japan, I just really want to re-emphasise, this is a perfect match to use. Hmm. Um, do it. Get more people involved, because I hadn't watched nearly as much new japan as i should have probably mm. prior to starting this project as i've said many times before and mm. this match is a great way of like showing although it what... does kind of give away the game because kevin kelly does spend a lot of the match explaining the history behind everyone yeah so, i don't know maybe watch it with the japanese commentary or something yeah but that yeah. was gonna be my question what did you think of jr on commentary as well um, i thought he did an okay job i think it definitely right. helped with kevin kelly doing the heavy lifting yeah, yeah, I think that's with Jim now. He's not going to be your heavy lifter. He's going to be your. Um, he's going to be your seasoning. Um, but just nice little points about he admires Okada's first step. It's almost like yeah. a like a veteran talent scout or something. Yeah, he's he does. got a great swing. He's got a. Yeah. He's got a screwball you ain't seen since three knuckle Schwartz or something like that. You know. <laughs> Like the way, um, quite recently, he talks about the quality of pins in mm. AEW. That seemed to be uh, his <laughs> particular bugbear at the minute. Uh, bless him. Oh, well. um, yeah, no, I, I don't mind Jay. I think JR is at the stage now where he can't just simply carry anyone. I think he has to have the right people around him, but you yeah. can still get absolute gold from he's him. He's good an- analyst work now. I don't think he's the play-by-play guy anymore. Yeah. Nor should he be, really. Yeah. Um, but if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, with some analysis of your play-by-play, Way. maybe not uh, too colourful commentary if they can avoid it, how can they do so? They can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of times I just stared at the glorious man that is Ishii prior to the bell. <laughs> Very it's good. beautiful. Uh, my name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L. All-time greatest hits is the A. And N is for no filler or killer. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me via email, yes, I am aware that was a Sum 41 reference. Uh, it's LorcanMullen at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's LMTYSpod. LMTYSpod at gmail.com is also our email address. And LMTYSpod is our Twitter handle, and we have a Facebook page as well. But, Simon, what is our next match going to be? Our next match is going to involve the Golden Lovers again. Um, it's two weeks before New Year's Day. It is. Bless 2018 them. is finally over. 
And it's champions versus challengers mm. as Kenny Omega's challenger for his IWGP World Heavyweight title, Hiroshi Tanahashi, teams up with Kota Ibushi's challenger for his Neverweight Open title. Never open weight. You're Never open weight title. Sorry about that. And that is one Will Ospreay. Yep, it's the Golden Lovers against Tanahashi and Ospreay. It's the final match of 2018, and it means that there's nothing left to say at this point except my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. More than all them uh, Barrymore's put together. Instead of just kicking me, why don't they give me a lift? Well, it must be a plot, because they're scared that I got such a gift. Well, I'm miffed, because I'm the greatest star. I am by far, but no one knows it. Wait, they're going to hear a voice, a silver flute. They'll cheer each two. Hey, that kid is terrific. Mm, when I expose it. Now, can't you see to look at me that I'm a natural Camille? As Camille, I just feel I've so much to offer. Hey, listen, kid, I know I'd be divine because I'm a natural Camille.